With trucker strikes and rising inflation, food shortages are becoming a big, big problem. Don't let yourself get caught unprepared. Buy a food survival kit today from My Patriot Supply and save. Over 2,000 calories a day to keep you healthy and strong with a 25-year shelf life to ensure it's ready for you when the shit hits the fan. Go to www.bit.ly slash cmspnfood, order your supplies today, and invest in yourself and your family now before it's too late. www.bit.ly slash cmspnfood, my patriot supply. From the postdoc and release with a collaboration between Jeff Pilsen and George Lynch from their Wicked Underground release. That is uh, Jeff Pilsen on lead vocal with The Evil That You Are. Good stuff. <laughs> we we both liked that when that uh, came out, what, 2003? <sighs> Sadly, 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. I think it came out in 03. Yeah, we are getting, dude. Even new records are old now. Yeah. That's, I consider that a new record. Yeah. It's fucking 19 years old. We are old. Yeah. Where does the time go? <sighs> Beats me into bad marriages, I guess. <laughs> well, speak for yourself, pal. Yeah, true. My, mine goes, mine goes into wayward chicks. Mine went into lots of bad years. Yeah. Here you That's a quarter century. Yeah, but now 10 good ones. So imagine that. Yeah, it's you doing, doing what you want to do as a man. Yep, exactly. So funny. I was talking to my mom this week and we were talking about it because my nieces are trying to get my mom to date and she's fucking in her seventies, but <laughs> <laughs> getting her to date to go out and, you know, find some guy to hang out with or something. All right. And she's, she's kind of like me. She, she's, she does every once in a while. She, she raises up on me and is, gives me the, you're going to be lonely thing. Okay. But most of the time she's like, yeah, fuck that. Fuck, fuck dealing with women. And she doesn't especially love any of the ex-wives, mine or my brother's. So, <laughs> so you know, as a mom, should, I mean, what mom likes their ex-wife, likes their son's ex-wives? Probably none. Sure. But, you know, we were just talking about it this week, and she was just like, she was just like, you're just doing it right. Just do your thing. Don't worry thought, about any I, of that I, nonsense. I thought she was all about, like, when are you going to start dating again? She, or are you she gonna does party? in spurts, man. Sometimes she goes, you know what it is when she has time to just worry about me. Yeah. Then she gets into that phase. All right. But when she knows everything in my life is good, then she's like, yep, you're doing the right thing. You know, right. she's being a mom. Isn't that what moms do? Try to be supportive. I guess, you know, she's trying to be supportive, but it is. It's funny when she goes with the, with the, you're going to be alone bullshit because she just knows I couldn't give a fuck less. You know, I, I, I don't care. I don't want, I do not want a wife. No way. Just no. Anyway. All right. Just, uh, let's just like rehash it. So yeah, well, it's just, it's just kind of funny because uh, when, you know, av after your divorce and you were mm -hmm. kind of, hanging around um she was like oh well when are you gonna you know settle down and when are you gonna yeah. find the next one and you were just yeah. like yeah i'm not about that and it's like yeah. oh you you really need to and, uh -huh. exactly you know, get back all, on the horse get right. back on the horse no don't now, need to. now all of a sudden it's like uh, yeah just do the right thing you're doing the right yeah she might be thinking about her own mortality and thinking, I don't want to leave you anything if you're going to fucking give it to some bitch. Right. Could be that. I mean, that that's like a legitimate thought. I would think at, you know, 70 year old person thinking about what's in the will and who's really going to get it. Right. You know, that'd be in my, that would be one of the things. I mean, honestly, that is one of the things in my, in my thought is it's one of the reasons I could never get married again. Cause I have the businesses that I have sure. allotted to the kids. I'm not going to give it to some bitch that I was with for fucking eight <laughs> years or whatever. Fuck that. 
Exactly. What did they do to build any of it? Nothing. Right. I built all of it before them and I, or with skills that I developed before them. So fuck sure. off. Yep. Hmm. All right. Well, I sent you over a, a story here. Yeah, I got it. And, uh, since we both like the big cans. Yes. And she does have some. <laughs> I think, uh, I think we, we can appreciate that since we're talking about chicks and stuff. Well, we like boobs. Uh, so, uh, Harrison uh, Willens from over there in Australia. Mm-hmm. He sent uh, he sent this story over to us. Okay. So again, it's it's the uh, in this day and age with social media as it is, and people losing their livelihoods over posts and being part of social media. If you're in a position of anything. Uh, authority or power you work for the state or if you're in government or if you're a you know supposedly a a trusted teacher oh yeah and you do something you know kind of like britney spears yeah you will be showing your nakedness you will be canceled immediately exactly and this girl should be canceled heavy on the can A Colombian teacher has been sacked, i.e. fired, by the directors of the institution where she had been working as a teacher over her raunchy social media pictures. Now, I'm not going to put it up there quite yet. Yes. I'll wait till you read a little more of the story. Yes. But unless I'm missing something, I only see the one photo, right? Yeah, like, well, of the two. Like the two like side by side. That's the only photo, right? Yeah. There is nothing raunchy about this. Well, she, nothing suggestive and nothing raunchy. Well, she's she's a very well endowed woman. But she, so what? She has well, big tits. That's not yeah. her fault. No, but but she's showing them in a very provocative way in the picture on the left. Do you really think that 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 that's the case? Well, for you and I, we look at that and go, hmm, that's nice. But for, I don't think uh, she, but I mean, do you think she's doing that to be a whore? I think she, she's doing it for attention because she oh. knows that she's got big, big boobs and yeah, she's, she's trying to hook up at a bar. It looks like, well, but the other thing is, the other thing is, is she, uh, assumedly is consuming alcohol in the picture it's not illegal and it's not wrong but when it comes to these quote unquote these uh pure social justice cons puritan standards of oh well you're a teacher you should be wearing a, a frock all the way up to the bottom <laughs> of your neck right and you shouldn't even be showing an ankle yeah you should be wearing a burqa, actually. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. This is inappropriate because the children might see you like this. Mm. Whatever. This is, to me, there's nothing provocative about. It. I mean, she's cute. She's cute. Yeah. She would be yeah. not guilty if she ended up in Judge Aiken's court. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. But not breaking any laws, though. She no. she, did, she didn't uh, molest a 14 year old boy or something. No, and even the picture. The picture to me is not that bad. I mean, the pictures, it's not her with her tongue in some guy's ear or some shit. It's <laughs> no, she's just holding a drink. She's holding a drink with a very, very low cut shirt showing off her big boobas. Should I put it up? I guess I should put it up. Right. Yes. Since we're talking more about it. But right. I don't see anything provocative there. Well, it is provocative because she's because, naturally provocative. Yes, I agree. But but she's showing it off. She's flaunting it. I don't think that at all. You really think that? She thinks well, she's and, and flaunting it? Yes. I don't think that. Not even a little. Okay. Not even. A, I think she's just, I think she's wearing what people wear today. I agree. And, and, and she's out having a good time. Well, she's out at a bar. Less. Well, more or less what these schools and these institutions and stuff, I think they would prefer that their, their, their staff would not have any social media presence at all. 
Well, that I agree with that part. I, I think I can't believe that these teachers are stupid enough to have, to have social media presence, to be honest, you know, they should, they should at a minimum, they should take their real name off the shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, they should have, you know, you could have a friends and family page with just friends and family, but don't use your real name. Like I have a bunch of friends that are girls Yes, and, and the party. And because they party, they don't use their last name. What they do right. is they put in like their first name and their middle name, you know, and that way, if they do something, I mean, look, I'll, I'll name one. I don't care. Stephanie, she uses her first and middle name. And I won't say what her middle name is to get a bunch of fucking weirdos creeping on her, but, sure. um, but she uses her first name and her middle name. And that's because every once in a while she's at the, you know, she had a Browns game or something. She's whooping it up. It's drunk partying a little bit and you know, it could cause her a problem with her job. So she doesn't use her real name. I, I can't believe these teachers are like, yeah, my name is Mrs. Jane McGillicuddy and I'm a fourth grade teacher at XYZ school. Right. You know, don't use any of that shit. Look at my fucking Facebook. My Facebook says that my job is pulse tester at a funeral home, you know, make <laughs> some shit up. Stupid. Yeah, well, I agree. I mean, I, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm one personally, I'm not a social media guy and we all sure. know that we've mm -hmm. made that. And, and I agree with you. It's just like, uh, you know, if you're a teacher, yeah. you're going to be under harder scrutiny than, uh, than anybody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I just, I don't know. I'm looking at this photo and I'm thinking, this is not a bitch that's like desperate for attention. She's just a big titted bitch that was wearing normal clothes and, you know, got her picture taken at the bar. Right. Probably by the dude that she went home and sucked his dick. <laughs> nice. I, I don't Don't you think? Yeah, probably. I mean, there, there's or, probably a lot better pictures taken like two hours after this. Right. Or, you know, or, or her, her, her bestie that she went out with. Yeah. Oh, you look so cute. Let's post that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm just not seeing the, but anyway, go ahead with the story. Cause we could go right. round and round about this. All right. What, what, what is, how would you say her first name? Yimmy. Okay. That <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> Yimmy Isaza from, uh, Columbia. Yeah, from from Northern Columbia was reportedly good at her job, but the directors of the educational institution where she worked considered the photo she posted to Instagram inappropriate. And and and, and again, this is the whole narcissistic thing about the social media. Why are you posting all these pictures to yeah. Instagram, these selfies all the time? Look at me. Here's mm -hmm. me. Here's me in a bathing suit. Here's me in a bar. Here's me cheering yeah. people. Here's me wearing a low cut top. Here's me <laughs> because they want people to go, Oh, you're so cute. Oh, so adorable. Hot. Look at that. Wow. Mm -hmm. It's that you know? endorphin rush from of getting course. likes. It's that whole thing of, I, I read some study about social media that said, uh, you know, likes and hearts and all that shit is like the key to why so many people are depressed right now. Yeah. Because you, you put up something. And you get a bunch of likes and you put up another thing, you get less likes and you start feeling bad about yourself. Right. Like I guarantee you that swimsuit that she's wearing there got a whole lot less likes than the shot of her at the bar. I agree. Cause that is an unflattering bathing suit on that broad. I, yeah. And she's, she's got some big thighs. She's a thunder mm. thigh girl. Yeah, she is. And the, and the, the stripes do not work on chunk. <laughs> they don't hey, work she, on chunky. She, yeah. She's a thick girl. She's, I mean, I wouldn't push her out of bed for anything, but no, she's I mean, I, I didn't, yeah, she's, she's not fat. She's thick. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a little ripple when you're hitting that from behind. No question. <laughs> Yimmy can be seen in her social media snaps, uh, sporting skimpy tops, swimsuits and posing suggestively for the camera. Her firing sparked a controversy with her uh, followers insisting she should be able to dress however she wants without it having any bearing on her job. What a beauty. Don't pay attention to those who criticize just to criticize one person commented. Do, do people criticize just to criticize? Yes. Do they? Oh, yes. 
Oh, on social media? On social, I, yes. People criticize anything on social media. Dude, if you if you say, what are you drinking right now? Jack and Coke? Just a Jack and Coke. Okay, if you say, hey, I'm drinking a Jack and Coke, there'll be somebody be like, you know what? If you weren't such a pussy, you'd drink a gym and ginger. <laughs> okay. People right. criticize just to fucking criticize. They All absolutely right. do. I will uh, take your word for it. They do. All right. I think envy is one of the greatest evils of our time. However, despite the dressing down, uh, everything has turned out okay for Yimmy in the end, and she is now reportedly working at another institution and has even earned herself a new fans over the saga. At the time of writing, she boasted a whopping 390,000 followers, 390,000 followers on Instagram. Now, do you get paid from Instagram? Do you get like money if people are following? I don't, I don't think so. I, not that I'm, I mean, I don't have a following that big to, to know, but I'd imagine, I'd imagine that I know for a fact that like influencers get paid to represent shit. Like, you know, 390,000 followers, she could show up and with, hey, look, I'm putting on Estee Lauder fucking lip, lip gloss. Here it is. Here's me putting it on. Okay. And, and they would pay her for that. But, you know, she's not getting paid just to put up pictures of her slopping down a beer at the bar. Okay. So it's not like YouTube or anything. No, 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 not at all. All right. Again, I don't know. Uh, at the time of the writing, she boasted a whopping 390,000 followers on Instagram where her bio reads blogger, national and international speaker, university teacher, auditor, and advisor host at EMFE radio coaching and leadership and finance. Holy shit. Wow. Sounds like Chris Aiken has all those jobs. <laughs> she continues to post for her delighted followers. Yeah, dude, looking at her, looking at the, the one on the left, obviously, not the one on the right. Do you think she could be a model in today's world? No. not I do. You don't think she's pretty enough to be a fat model in today's world? Oh, a fat model. A, a regular model in today's world. Um, Internet model. I think she's Sports Illustrated-ish. No. Oh, come on. In today's world, not, it's not, it's not in the world you're thinking of back in 1992 with Kathy Ireland. Oh, uh, okay. In today's world where they'll put a fatso in there. She's thick, but she got a pretty face and big tits. I think she, I think she would qualify. I think she would be in there. All right. Uh, I'm going to take your word for it. You don't think so? I, again, I don't even know what people look at these days anymore. I, I don't know what people find to be a popular, you know, somebody who would be popular on Instagram or one of these social mm -hmm. medias or because in, in, you know, in our day, mm -hmm. sound like the old guy in the room, she would, she would never even get a second no. look. No, in our day, she'd be a grocery store five. Exactly. But, but now she's a, you know. She's, she's got great tits, regardless of if she's chunky or not. Her tits are fucking great. Okay. She's got a really pretty face. That's very girl next story, but pretty girl next story. Yeah. I think she, I think she could totally be a model in today's you, world in, in a commercial sense. Oh yeah. Look at that fatso, um, fucking rain, rain Michaels. All right. She's, she's the same weight as this girl. Yeah. But, but she's brett michael's daughter though okay but she's still fat and she was in sports well, illustrated i agree but the thing is is she's brett michael's daughter yeah this girl is not somebody's daughter mm, i think i think fat is the new thin now all right whatever i mean look at these fucking kardashian pigs well again their their father was famous ah they're not famous because of their dad I do not believe that for a second. Well, how did, how did they catch the notoriety? They got famous because Kim Kardashian, who was a famous celebutant for hanging out with, with Paris Hilton sucked Ray J's cock. Yeah. But she couldn't get in that circle unless she was of a influential family. Well, yeah, but, but that's not, but nobody, nobody 
says, hey, Kim Kardashian, that's Robert Kardashian's daughter. Yeah, no but, one but, says but, that. Nobody's but, ever said that. But when, how did Bruce Jenner figure in there and marrying their mother? How? I don't know how. See, that's what I'm saying. It's it's those circles as well. Well, yeah, but I mean, I mean, I don't think that their fame and their fortune or anything comes from Robert Kardashian. Well, but without Robert Kardashian being a high profile lawyer and having the having the wherewithal with mm-hmm. with the rich and the famous, they would have never had a chance. Okay, I mean, if we're gonna go to that that far of a reach yeah, of a but, level yeah but they're they're not they're not kim kardashian from from uh dubuque iowa no well no it, i mean it, it, it's kim kardashian whose father was a very high profile influential lawyer who represented famous clientele so then on, on that level you would say then that like uh paris hilton's only famous because of her dad yes. hilton hotels well, her, yeah absolutely Instead of just being the by, I see, I just look at it and think that it's more what they did. No, that they it, were famous kids of rich people that did crazy shit. Right. And that's but, what made them famous. Yeah, I understand. But my point is, is if they were just, you know, Jenny from the block, hmm. they would have never yeah, got the chance. Well, yeah, I guess. And I same, guess. I mean, they got their way, chance, but the same way with Rain Michaels. If she was just Rain Michaels from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Yeah, she wouldn't get nothing. I agree. I, I agree. You get some, you know, there is some nepotism there, but um, I don't know. We, we agree to disagree here. Well, I, my point is, is they, the, these people would never have that opportunity to, to do these things or, you know, get into the spotlight. No, I, I agree with that part. Without the influence of their I, I I agree with that part, but I don't think that anything in anything in the Kardashian, the Kardashians fame came from her taking that dude's dick. The yeah. guy from MTV's dick. It did not come from being friends to OJ. That fame came they were just going to be the kids of the guy that was friends with OJ yeah. until she sucked that cock of the MTV guy, the, the notoriety of, of the, of the, of the video. Yeah. And everything after came but, from that video, but was, was anybody aware of who a Kim Kardashian was before the no, video came no, out? But, and honestly, so, I don't think they were when the tape came out, honestly, so, so, but, but here's the thing is why was the tape so, so popular? Because it was Paris Hilton's friend. Oh, is that well? So through through her association with Paris Hilton. Oh, I would say that. I would say her association with Paris Hilton had way more to do than her dad. And and yeah. what is, and what is Paris Hilton famous for? Um, I don't being, know. Being Paris Hilton, being drunk, being well, yeah, but but another why, porn tape. Again, why would anybody know who Paris Hilton is? Well, I, I again, I, I'm not saying that that the the rich family didn't put them in position. Yeah. I'm saying the notoriety didn't come from being put in the position. The notoriety came from what they did in the position. Yeah, I, I agree. There's a lot of famous kids out there. Yeah, how famous is fucking Sean Lennon? Not very. No, he he's not. But the but the because he but, didn't do anything with the fame that he got sure. from being John Lennon's kid. Right. But if if Sean Lennon was had a uh, sex tape out there. It doesn't work the same way for guys. Okay. Because if it's a chick doing this, right, it's different because men are more apt to consume porn than women. Mm-hmm. So, so for, for a guy or say a, a guy who's the son of a famous person, were to have a porn tape out there. Yeah. No one would give a shit. Yeah. True. I mean, screech had one. Yeah. And again, <laughs> no one cared. And, and he's dead now. Right. I think he's dead. Yeah. yeah. He died. Right. I think so. Yeah. So my point is, is that it only works in one direction. Yeah. Well, that's not, that's, not the band, but the, the saying one. Direction. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway. All right. 
All I, right. I, I think Fatso here could be a could be a plus sizer today. Uh, okay, perhaps she could. Or not Fatso, Chubzo. Ch- yeah, she's thick just so. Chubzo. Thick she's, so. She's thick so. Yeah, she's a she's a brick house, as Lionel <laughs> Richie once told brick us. House. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of that, this is totally unrelated. All right. But did you hear the awful cover of Night Shift from the Commodores by Springsteen? I wasn't aware. Oh, dear God. <laughs> Pull that up real quick. We don't have to stay on this long. I just want you to hear this. This is fucking bad. And why would he do that? I have no idea. I think he's putting out a covers album or something, but he did okay. a cover of the Commodores. That's right. as far away from his comfort zone. Maybe that's why, because it's far away from his comfort zone. Okay. What is he doing doing the Commodores? I don't know. And not even good Commodores. It was like Commodores way after the fact. Okay. All right. Here we go. Marvin, he was a friend of mine, and he could sing his song, his heart in every line. Why? Marvin sang of the joy and pain. <laughs> he, he lacks the soul. That yeah. required to sing a song like this. Yeah. He's like, just sounds like Bruce Springsteen in the fucking showers. Right. <laughs> it's, I just can't imagine what he was thinking. The only thing I could think of with that song is now that he sold his catalog, he doesn't want to give any no, new material out. Okay. So he does other people's. All right. Oof. Well, what's, he, for, what's he thinking? Yeah. Well, and, um, Seven days, he's amassed seven hundred and six thousand uh, plays on the Spotify. Yeah, that doesn't shock me any. You know that that people will listen to it, but ooh, I'll bet you there's not a lot of return plays on it. He opened up our mind. I still can hear him say, "Oh, talk to me, so you can see." What's going on? Say you will sing your songs forevermore. Gonna be some sweet songs coming down. Well, who who's in the Springsteen band these days anyway? Um, I think it's still basically the same lineup. Yeah. You know, other than other than Clarence, I think Clarence's son is in it now. But okay, so see. he took his dad's place. Yeah, E Street Band. Let's see who's in the E Street Band now. E Street Band is Bruce Springsteen, Gary Talent, Roy Bitten, Max Weinberg, Little Steven, Nils Lofgren, and Patty Scalfia, with Susie Terrell, who I don't know who she is. Um. Charles Giordorno, who plays accordion, and Jake Clemens, who's Clarence's kid. Okay. So yeah, so basically, um, you know, it's basically the same band it's always been, really. Okay, fair enough. I, I sure I don't, don't quit that band. Well, uh, what what's interesting is that uh, is that uh, Sill is still part of the band. Yeah. You know, he's, he's dude, I, I, again, I, I don't think you quit that band. No, you don't. So I think so at this the, point uh, you ride so, that till you're dead. <laughs> so, so does little, little Steven, does he, does he wear the head, the do rag still? He certainly does. Does he? Yeah. Still wears the do rag, huh? Dude, what's funny is he's in this band playing these fucking generic, boring songs that Springsteen puts out now. But he's running wicked cool records and he's putting out like punk records. 
He's putting out like hard, hard rock. Like he put out the Michael Monroe thing. Nice. Was little Steven. And I was like, damn. All right. Good for him. You know, is, he's still, is he, is he still doing little Steven's garage? Is he still doing? That I don't show? know if he's still doing that or not, but I know he's out playing gigs too, as little Steven again, for the first time in forever. Is he, is he doing it live from Lily hammer? <laughs> Should it be a big draw? <laughs> I liked that show. That was a good one. That was a very good show, you know, but it didn't get any love and boy, Netflix sure did bury it. Didn't they? I, I enjoyed it. I loved it. Was it two seasons? Three, I think, wasn't it? Three three seasons? Yeah, I think it was three. It was funny. Yeah, it was a, it was a, you know, a continuation of the Sopranos. Yeah, I thought I liked it. I liked it a lot, dude. I'm looking right now. What year do you think that show ended? Uh, what was it? Lily Hammer? Yeah. Thirteen. Fourteen. Four years ago. God damn it. <laughs> Every time I look at any date, it's like, holy fuck, where did the time go? Well, here here's here's one that'll make you feel old since we're talking Springsteen here. Yeah. When he broke away from the E Street band and put out Tunnel of Love. Oh yeah. What year? Tunnel of Love? I'm gonna guess. In fact, I I'm pretty sure I'm right on this one. 87. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah, because I, I remember buying it when I was home on leave from Korea. So, yeah, I remember that one, Tunnel Love, and I remember hating it, too. When I remember I was all excited about it, and then it starts off with the, the first song that's like this um, acoustic shitty Ain't Got You. He's like, I got my horses in heaven and my right. diamonds are gold. And it's like, what the fuck is this? Where's Where's Born in the USA? Where's, give me give me a little bit of ain't got you. It's fucking terrible. I got the horns of heaven and diamonds and Is this snapping fingers? Bonds, baby, that the bank could hold well I got houses across the country, honey. And hand and everybody but wants to be my friend. Well, I got all the riches, baby. And Man ever knew, but the only thing I ain't got honey, I ain't got you. And jive. <laughs> the thing is, and this this has always been my contention. Okay. Mellencamp was flying high with this folksy Midwestern sound with Lonesome Jubilee. And, sure. And Scarecrow and... Mm-hmm. I honestly believe Springsteen was looking at Mellencamp and going, look, this guy's got a lot of success with this whole folksy, bluesy thing going on. And that's kind of what prompted him to do this. In my, I don't know that to be the fact. Well, I I mean, he could have, he Springsteen. I mean, if you try and think back to the time. Yeah. Springsteen had his biggest success with right around that time, 84 born USA. Yeah. And, but I think he knew that wasn't his style, you know, the dancing in the dark and shit like MTV video. That was not his style. And he saw right at the same time was when Mellencamp hit with, uh, huh, which is, which is kind of rock radio ish, but also kind of folksy with like pink houses and stuff like that. That was 83. Yeah, it's right in the same same era though. Yeah. And what I'm saying is it, it was it was after Jack and Diane and yeah, it yeah, so yeah, good yeah, and that, stuff. That was 82. Yeah. So Springsteen looked at that and was like, oh, we're probably the same kind of singers, but I can't do this anymore. But here's Mellencamp already making the move. And and he just kind of followed right along. He, he probably thought that might have been the next wave. And he and he rolled past Mellencamp on that. You know, I mean, he really did because he put out a lot of records that sound like that, that are just junk. Yeah. But, but when I, when I was living in California, I went to see Mellencamp on that, uh, Lonesome Jubilee tour mm-hmm. a couple of times. Right. And Springsteen came out on stage and sang sure. a song with Mellencamp. No, at, I don't doubt that. At the Irvine Meadows Amphitheater, sure. uh, during yeah. that tour. 
Do you like that era of Mellencamp? Yeah, I love it. See, I, that is like the era, like Scarecrow and stuff like that is poison to me. Really? I do not, I, I don't like. Well, well, what era of Mellencamp do you like? I like the, uh, I like the very earliest stuff. I like, you're like, you're like ain't even done with the night. Yes. Stuff and, that stuff. Jack and Diane hurts so good. Okay. So you, and, you like, you like 82 back a little further. Cause I love uh, my favorite record from him is uh-huh. Okay. That was 83. So from there back, I love, but then okay. after that, I just was like, I do not like this stripped down sound. Okay. I, I just didn't like it. And I don't like. I don't know what, what he was playing, but it wasn't like electric guitar. You know, it was kind of acoustical. Oh yeah. He, he, he went with a very organic, um, acoustic sound because mm. he, you know, he had, he had like dulcimer and, mm-hmm. and, and, um, um, accordion and organ and, you know, it was, yeah. it was a lot of, it was a lot of very, as you put it, stripped down, uh, acoustic yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, what it wasn't the music for me during that era. See, I love a high. I mean, that, that is just like a raw, just that's the record. You. That's the finger in your face. Fuck you album. Oh yeah. You know, there's a lot of raw lyrics in that, mm-hmm. but the thing that I like about scarecrow, lonesome Jubilee, big daddy is I like the introspective lyrics. I, in those songs, there's a lot right. of songs in there that, you know, I can kind of relate to in a way and you go, yeah, I kind of get where this guy's coming from, but, mm-hmm. but I, uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't a fan of, uh, the, uh, American fool at all. I didn't like the whole Jack okay. and Diane. I didn't I, like, I, I didn't like that. I, I just thought it was too pretentious. Yeah. I like that. Then I checked out for a while. Then I came back with, um, What's the one with the really big guitar down, out to down to down whenever we wanted. Yeah. I came back with that. I was like, yeah. wow, this is yeah, fucking back. And, and I met him on that tour. Cool. You know, and I got to go to uh Richfield Coliseum. My brother-in-law mm-hmm. was working for Camelot music at the time. Right. And, uh, he got us, uh, you know, backstage and I got to meet John and chit chat with him for a few minutes. And we talked about, we actually talked about uh, Lonesome Jubilee. Okay. You know, and talked about the symbolism of a lot of those things, you know, like right. the, you know, if you're familiar with the video, like Cherry Bomb. Yeah, I know. It, yeah. There, there were pictures in the in the video and in the album cover and stuff for Lonesome Jubilee. There's, there's like a jukebox. Right. And there's always like a picture of Jesus. Right. Hanging over that. And it always was like, I, I don't get the symbolism here. And that I got to ask the, you know, the question because sure. I was like, what, what is the reason for this? What, 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 what's the message here? Mm-hmm. And, uh, his answer to me was these are, these are, he goes, Oh, well, that's easy. He said, those are a couple of values that we've lost the simplicity of it all. Right. Our faith and the simplicity of just enjoying the music from a jukebox, you know, he said, I, I was trying to show that, that we, we were here and now we've developed to here and, and we've lost those sim- simplistic values. Right. That was, the, that, that was his answer. Wow. There you go. You learned, learned something, I learned did. something you wouldn't have never learned otherwise. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're you're pulling it up right there. Yep, here we go. I see it. Exactly. So so it, it's a it's a throwback to the fifties, you know, an old time. Right. Yeah. He had enough hair to cover that five head too at that point. Always something to it. Have me a couple of real nice girls. Somebody to 
See, this is just not me. Yeah, well, see, see the the whole thing. If you notice about the whole video, mm-hmm. you got Kenny Arnoff just playing a very, very simplistic drum set, very sure. stripped down. You just got like a a bass drum and and a snare and, right. a, and a hi hat. That's it. Mm-hmm. And then you got Lisa Germano. She's playing a, a violin or fiddle, if you will. And everything is just simple and stripped down and plain, and it's music for music's sake. There's not a big production there. There's not right. a lot of electronics. There's not anything. It's just, it's the downhole folksy country style yeah. music, you know? And, and, but that wasn't the attraction for me for those albums. Like I said, it, it was all about the lyric content. Right. Mm hmm. You know, and, and the thing is, is that, uh, he made it, he made a big impact with that style of, of music, course. Oh, you know, dude, I'm not, I'm not arguing that he didn't have success. I mean, this song and even ROCK in the USA and, you know, well, well, rain well, on the scarecrow. Well, I mean, there was a lot of hits since we're talking about this, pull up the video for the, uh, song called check it out. Is there a video? Yeah. It's called check it out. It, it was filmed at the, uh, India in in Indianapolis at the Indianapolis arena down there. But, uh, I saw this tour twice, like I said before, and, uh, it, it was probably the best I I've seen melon camp a bunch of times, but this, this 88, uh, lonesome Jubilee tour was just so spot on the market square arena. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this, this was 87. So what are we talking here? 20, what? 30, 25 years ago. More than that. 87, 35 years ago. Oh, I hate that man. 35 years ago. <laughs> oh, 35 years. Yeah. 17 has turned 35. <laughs> <laughs> But but this this was a big uh, big production. So go forward there because he pays a little tribute to James Brown. He does. I don't know if you are familiar with James Brown's uh, live performances. The silly dancing. Yeah. But, but he does this whole right there, right there. What? He does this spin. Hmm? He does this. He does this spin. He does this split. He does this James Brown split. All right. And I mean, it's just like, holy shit. Mm, let's see. 
Wow. So that's a, that was his tribute to James Brown. Wow. Well, congratulations, James. Rest in peace. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, if you look at the era, 87, 35 mm-hmm. years ago, I mean, you know, you got the whole poofy hair and the big yeah. hair and, you know, the, the 80s look. Mm-hmm. But they adapted the whole '80s look to to even fit their whole yeah their country theme exactly yeah it was like country rock that, I think that's what pushed me away from it it was a little too close to country for me yeah yeah but the, but getting back to the Springsteen thing mm-hmm. go, going back to this whole tunnel of love yeah he was doing this th- same thing yeah same thing I, and I hated that album too. So, so the question is, is was Springsteen going, look at this melon camp guy. He's like doing a thing here. It's like, I, could I do the same thing? Could be. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm just asking the question. I have, yeah, no I idea. mean, who knows? They've never, neither side would ever admit it, but it could very well be. I mean, the, the, dude, these guys, none of them are super original. They all follow what everybody's doing. Sure. You know, and, and I'm sure, you know, Mellencamp probably looked at some of what Springsteen was doing back a little earlier. And was like, I, have no, I have no doubt about that. <laughs> he was like, all right, I can make a rock song, too. Let's do Jack sure. and Diane. But but the weird thing is, is that even though that they, they're similar in their thing, I just am not a Springsteen fan. Springsteen is, I don't know. I, I mean, I love Springsteen. I love, I love most of Mellencamp stuff. I just didn't like this era. But, um, you know, I, I think, I, I think for me personally, the only reason I was so much of a Springsteen fan was I was force fed it a lot at home. Oh yeah. My, who, who was my, your mom was the big, my mom, my mom really? was way into Bruce, like really? all the way back to the greetings from Ashbury park, um, album. And I mean, probably heard Springsteen as a kid from the time I was 10 years old every week, she oh. played it in the car. She played it at the house, you know, lot. And my and Springsteen was one my dad could tolerate. So it wasn't like we had to like, my mom had a lot of rock taste. Like she'd be playing like the stones and shit yeah, in her told, house. You, you told me she, yeah, she's Zeppelin and all that. Yeah. Stuff. yeah you know, sure. So she was into that. But when my dad got home, a lot of that stuff would get put back away. You know, we would swap, we would swap out Led Zeppelin for can't slow down by Lionel Richie. You know, I mean, that's, that's how it went. My dad would get home. The last thing he wanted was fucking, um, communication breakdown or something right. from Zeppelin. Sure. So it, it would be Roger Whitaker or Dave Loggins or, you know, my dad's shit, but my dad was okay with Springsteen because Springsteen had enough of those songs like, you know, um, jungle land and stuff that are kind of slow, you know, point blank, you know, Springsteen had a lot of those slow moving the river, you know, slow plotting stuff that my dad would talk. My dad even went and saw Springsteen a couple of times. Really? Yeah. How about and, that? And that, but then once I aged in, my dad immediately checked out. He tapped <laughs> out of that. The minute my mom was like, I, I can still remember it. It was on, um, on um born a usa tour she bought tickets and my dad was like why don't you take chris i think he'd really enjoy that he loves that mtv show i remember <laughs> him saying he loves that yeah. mtv show yeah. it's a show yeah the mtv show Not the and, channel. it's a show yeah and my dad my mom was like okay so she took me to see springsteen and then we became springsteen buddies for the rest of my high school you know All the right. rest of my time in high school we went together i saw springsteen in high school, I saw Springsteen probably seven, eight times. Okay. And I saw him a bunch of times, you know, at the stadium, at the Coliseum, a bunch of times. I saw him once at music hall. Um, so I'm in Detroit once, you know, cause we went, my mom was like all about, yeah, I'm going to go see Springsteen wherever he is. So we went, we went and saw him a bunch. So that's cool. I got force fed it a little more than, than Mellencamp. You know, Mellencamp was just, if I had, if I had the tapes, then I heard Mellencamp, but at home, Springsteen was on all the fucking time. So nice. I kind of grew into it. But, all right. Are we done here? Yeah. 
I think we're done here because you got to get you got to get some sleep before you fucking fly. Yeah, it's all right. I, I'm going to go over and you know grab some sleep on the plane. But yeah, I got to get out of here about nine thirty. So I yeah. Got, yeah, I get a I'll get about uh, uh, five hours of sleep. I guess oh, there you go, plenty. So I'll be good. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been a good show. Uh, there will not be a show next Saturday. I don't think, right? No, there may be some episodes during the week, the week after I'm working with John on getting something together, but, um, there will not be a live show next week, but I promise Sal I'll open the chat room <laughs> so that you can sit in there by yourself. <laughs> well, I'm going to. Go out to uh, L.A. tomorrow. I'm going to board the Kiss Cruise. There you go. People! I can't wait to see you there, Neely. People! <laughs> it's going to yes. be great. <laughs> so uh, I will be out at the uh, Kiss Cruise, and uh, we'll see how things, uh, you know, go out after that. You know, who knows? Maybe maybe I might meet uh, the, the great Paul Stanley. Who knows? Have your fucking phone out if you do. Well, yeah, of course. People, I'd like to meet you. It's forty nine ninety nine, Neely. Right. Come take a picture with me. Exactly. <laughs> so if I meet the great Paul Stanley, I'll I'll try to at least get an ID or something. Yeah, that'd be great. People, you're listening to the Classic Metal Show. Now drink your cold gin. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll prove to be interesting. It'll be a uh, old home week for me. I'll be seeing, of course, uh, the boys from Dockin, uh, our, our friend, uh, from warrant. Okay. Robert Mason, Robert Mason. That's right. And, uh, you know, one of your favorite, uh, friends, uh, Tracy guns from LA. Oh, yeah. Wish I could be there for that. So, and then out the, uh, the kiss fifth, freaks, the, the fifth is out there. Are they going? Yeah. The kiss freaks are going to, they, they uh, posted on social media. They can't wait to meet you. Mate. Oh, really? I yeah. wasn't aware. The Kiss freaks See, will be there. You didn't tell me. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe I'll run into Kylie. I'm sure you will. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to search you out. So well, I'll be there. And yeah. then, uh, you know, the fifth will be there. Yeah. Our friend Roy Kathy. Yep. So we'll look for Roy and, uh, who else is who's, Oh, Lita's on there. And George Lita. Lynch is on there. And so Sebastian Bach on there. Oh, that's next week. Is that next week? Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'll be among friends. Yeah, there you go. It'd be fun. Old, yeah, old home week. All yeah, right. Get an ID from Tommy Thayer, would you? Yeah, I will. Yeah. Fuck Jackal. Yeah. That would be the best ID ever. <laughs> this is Tommy Thayer. And I'd like to say, fuck you, Jim Bartek. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get out of here since I'm going to meet up with the boys from docking tomorrow. I'm going to leave you with a docking tune. Uh, right. This was a bonus track. Shh. A bonus track. Shh. Bonus from, track. From Erase the Slate. Okay. And I'm going to leave you with Upon Your Lips. There you go. So until two weeks from tonight, this is Neely along with my very good friend. Chris Egan. We're gone. Bye, kids. Thanks for checking out this episode of The Classic Metal Show. Get all of our episodes uncensored at www.theclassicmetalshow.com. Join us weekly from 9 p.m. till 3 a.m. Eastern at www.cmsradio.net. Participate in the live chat room at www.chatandkill.com. Once again, thank you for checking out The Classic Metal Show with Neely and Chris. Hail and kill. Fuck you, pal. Ninja! <laughs>